This is Taiwan Plus on ICRT, your connection to stories that matter. Brought to you by the news team at TaiwanPlus.com. Welcome to Taiwan Plus News. I'm Betty Chen. The first round of Taiwan's largest annual military games, the Hanguang Exercises, kicked off on Monday. The exercises were first conducted in 1984 and are designed to prepare the armed forces for an attack from China. This year's war games will take place in two stages. The first lasts for five days. It involves many of Taiwan's highest-ranking military officials taking part in a tabletop simulation of a Chinese invasion. The second stage, scheduled for July, will feature live fire drills conducted around the country. Taiwan's military has said that it plans to incorporate lessons from the war in Ukraine into this year's exercises. Taiwan's largest opposition party, the Kuomintang, or KMT, is set to nominate legislator Jiang Wan'an as its candidate for Taipei mayor in November's local elections. That's according to party sources. 43-year-old Jiang is currently isolating after contracting COVID. It's thought he will formally announce his candidacy at the next major party meeting later this month. Jiang is the great-grandson of Jiang Kai-shek, the former president of the Republic of China, who led the Chinese nationalists retreat to Taiwan at the end of the Chinese Civil War in 1949. That legacy is a complicated one. Jiang Kai-shek and his son Jiang Jingguo ruled Taiwan as a one-party state, often brutally suppressing dissent. But they also oversaw rapid growth in both incomes and living standards. Taipei's mayoral election is viewed as a stepping stone to even higher office. Former presidents Ma Ying-chou and Chen Shui-bian both serve as mayor of Taipei before securing Taiwan's top job. Another Taiwanese table tennis player has won an international competition, this time at a World Table Tennis, or WTT, feeder Westchester tournament in New York on Sunday. Zhang Zhiyuan won the men's singles title. It was his first time in six years winning a singles title in an international tournament. He defeated 25-year-old Benedict Duda of Germany, four games to three in this finals. The win was Zhang's second title at a WTT tournament in New York. He won the mixed doubles title with partner Chen Siyu on Saturday. The 41-year-old Zhang is known as the godfather of table tennis in Taiwan. He's one of the oldest international athletes representing the country and is credited with making a name for Taiwan in world table tennis tournaments. Taiwan's COVID wave has yet to recede. On Monday, the country saw nearly 62,000 new cases. The government has responded by approving a fourth COVID jab for senior citizens and other vulnerable people from Monday. Seniors aged 65 and up, immunocompromised adults and residents of long-term care facilities can all get one as long as it's been at least five months since their last jab. Around 4 million people are eligible. Doctors say a fourth dose is important because immunity reduces over time. They expect a fourth shot will cut the number of people with serious symptoms or needing to stay in hospital. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un has called in the military to stabilize medicine supplies as the country battles its first major COVID-19 outbreak. The state's official COVID death toll stood at 42 on Sunday, but state media says over 800,000 suspected cases have been reported. At an emergency Politburo meeting, Kim said medicine hasn't been getting to the people that need it fast enough.
He ordered the army's medical corps to immediately stabilize the supply of medicines in the capital Pyongyang. Kim has called the outbreak the greatest turmoil in North Korea's more than 70-year history. The country's population of 26 million is believed to be largely unvaccinated. Shanghai is allowing some foreign businesses to resume operations as the city gradually eases strict lockdown measures. The move comes as new daily COVID-19 cases have dropped to the lowest level since the current outbreak began. Officials say Sunday that around 700 foreign enterprises in the city may now resume production or prepare to do so. They also said stores, malls and markets will be allowed to reopen gradually. Shanghai's 25 million residents have been under lockdown since late March. A gunman opened fire on a Taiwanese church congregation in Southern California on Sunday, killing one person and injuring five others, four of them critically. The victims were mostly of Taiwanese descent. The shooting happened at a Geneva Presbyterian Church in Laguna Woods as members of the Irvine Taiwanese Presbyterian Church were holding a lunch banquet after their morning service. Churchgoers managed to overpower and disarm the suspect. They tied him up with an extension cord. Officials say the suspect is a man of Asian descent in his 60s. The motive for the attack remains unclear. Obviously, motive is always the question which determines the extent of involvement at the federal level or whether federal or local prosecution is is pursued. And at this time, we are working very hard to determine the motive. French President Emmanuel Macron formally began his second term in office this weekend. The 44-year-old won victory in last month's presidential polls over far-right leader Marine Le Pen. He was sworn in as president on May 7th. He has promised tax cuts, welfare reform and a new emphasis on the environment in his next five-year term. But his first challenge will be to tackle France's cost-of-living crisis. Reporter Rick Glauert spoke to Pierre Goulange, head of the political affairs, press and communications section of the French office in Taipei, about what to expect from Macron's foreign policies. Rick began by asking him what the second term will mean for Europe. So now France is actually the chair of the Council of the European Union. And we are going through a very important moment because of the war going on in Ukraine. So one of our priority, and this is, I think, something that our president has been doing during his first term, is to really strengthen the sovereignty of the EU. Um, Just to give you uh, a quick example, last week was Europe uh, Day on May 9th. Um, and uh, our president, for his first international trip uh, after his inauguration, decided to go to Germany. I think that a trip, official trip, was designed to mark the French-German uh, friendship, but it was also very important to um, underline uh, the issue of the sovereignty on the EU. And what could we expect from Macron in the next few years in terms of his Indo-Pacific strategy? Mm. The Indo-Pacific region is definitely a priority of France foreign policy. Uh, France itself is a country of uh, in the Indo-Pacific. We have 2 million French people living in the region. We have 93% of our economic exclusive zone uh, and permanent troops stationed in the region. Uh, and also we are aware of the global challenges uh, in the region. So France is definitely pushing for uh, its strategy, uh, but is promoting a stable 
um, multipolar order uh, based on rules and uh, fair um, efficient multilateralism and free movement. Um, so we can expect in the coming years to see the Indo-Pacific to be still at core uh, of the French foreign policy. Uh, France also have been um, working hard to encourage the EU to adopt an ambitious um, Indo-Pacific strategy. It's been 50 years since the U.S. returned the island chain of Okinawa to Japan, but the anniversary on Sunday was tainted with bitterness. The region is still home to a heavy U.S. military presence, and as tensions rise with China, it has now seen Japanese troops increasingly deployed there. Hame Okan has the story. This is Miyako Island one of more than 150 islands in Japan's southwestern Okinawa prefecture. Closer to Taiwan and China than to Japan's mainland, it's known as one of the most beautiful places in Japan. But new neighbors are settling in, changing the landscape. What used to be a golf course is now a fully functional military base, equipped with anti-air missiles, radar systems, and hundreds of troops, all aimed at thwarting aggression from nearby China. The island, close to disputed territory, sits in the strategic Miyako Strait, an important waterway for China. It often serves as one of the primary passageways into the Pacific for the Chinese Navy. For many locals, wary of Chinese encroachment, the military presence is a welcome one. After its defeat in World War II, Japan renounced any military capabilities and signed a security treaty with the United States, which still has tens of thousands of troops in the country. Across the waters from Miyako, Okinawa Island hosts the largest U.S. Air Force base in the Pacific, a contentious presence from the beginning. But with tensions high in the region over increased Chinese provocation, Japan has shifted its security strategy and bolstering its self-defense capabilities. Protesters against militarization are skeptical and fear the base could have an inverse effect on the island's safety. Keeping the peace now looks different for Miyako's 55,000 residents who have had to make room for the nation's armed forces, whether they like it or not. Now part of Japan's first line of defense against any possible Chinese aggression, people here hope that their new reality doesn't provoke a conflict in an area already marked with tension. As Naito and Jaime Okan for Taiwan Plus. Thanks for watching Taiwan Plus News. I'm Betty Chen. For more stories from Taiwan and around the world, please download the Taiwan Plus app. Stay safe and see you next time. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. For more great stories from Taiwan and around the world, visit TaiwanPlus.com.